Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. And thank you so much for tuning back into another Firefill episode here on Gems Podcast. You already know me. I'm Miss Genesis Amaris Kep, the founder and host. And with me in the hot seat is my special guest, Emily Enger. And here is a bit about Emily. So y'all, she is definitely a woman on a mission. And let me tell you why. She began her marketing career when she was only 16 years old too goal-oriented to get a typical teen job like waitress or barista. She instead became a communications coordinator for a small summer camp. Since then, she has held a variety of marketing jobs, working as assistant editor for a national trade magazine and communications director for an arts nonprofit that served nine rural counties and three Native American reservations. Today, she works as a freelance book marketing coach, helping authors cut through the marketing noise to stay true to their first calling of writing great books. She holds a BA in English, a minor in music, and a certificate in publishing from Minnesota State University, Moorhead. You can find her at emilyanger.com and on Instagram at emilyangerwrites. So without further ado, let's meet the woman behind it all, Emily Anger. Hi, Genesis. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited to be here and to have a great conversation with you. My pleasure, Emily. And before we dive into your expertise as a book marketing coach and some of the incredible things that you're doing, I want to connect with you on a personal level and so does the audience. So there are two options. We can break the ice up front or play rapid fire 10 question game. What would you like? Let's do the rapid fire. Amazing. So question number one, favorite book? Ooh, uh, The Immigrants by Willem Moberg. He's a Swedish writer. Ooh. Question number two, coffee, tea, or smoothie? Oh, coffee. Question number three, dream car. (laughs) I know so little and care so little about cars that might tell you enough right there there's no such thing as a dream car for me (laughs) okay one that gets me from point a to point b is good enough okay definitely practical so definitely not into cars so question number four favorite color oh gosh blue I think right now anyway Five, if you won the lottery, what charities are you donating to? Mm, that's a good one. Um, it would be, I don't have a specific charity, but it'd probably be an arts nonprofit of some kind. That's my background is arts nonprofit. So I, I have a big heart for all the other places that creative people are not getting funded. Six, if you could hop in a time machine, Go back and give your younger self a piece of advice. What would it be? Don't be arrogant. (laughs) Seven, you could go anywhere in the world. Money was no option. 
And here's the kicker. You just found out that unfortunately, they're not flying back to your home base. So where are you headed? Oh, well, it would, similar to my favorite book, I would go to Sweden and just kind of stay there, which is where my ancestors are from. So I, I think I would fit in pretty well. <laughs> hey, if you could be a fly on the wall and eavesdrop on any conversation, past or present, whose conversation are you listening to? Oh, um, my favorite writers are all from like the 19th century. People like what Ralph Waldo Emerson, Henry David Thoreau, Walt Whitman, and they all actually knew each other um, and were friends and part of like book groups. So I would definitely go to one of those uh, book writing meetings and listen to what those guys are saying. And nine, if you could have lunch or dinner with any person past or present, who would you be eating with? Mm. The same. I'm going to say Walt Whitman. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> 10, our pass or play question. And here are the rules. If you play, I ask one last question. If you pass, our roles get reversed and you get to ask me a question. So do you want to pass or play? Oh, let's play. Okie dokie, here we go. Your bags are packed, you're on a tropical island, everything is just magical, and there is nothing that would make you want to leave. But your resources are dwindling, you only have a certain amount of money, and you could only buy one piece of article from the gift shop. And here are your options. Two bananas and a mango, your favorite TV shirt, or your favorite CD. What are you buying, Emily? I'm buying the food. Yes! I'm too practical. <laughs> Thank you for playing Rapid Fire with Genesis and Emily. So now we're segueing into our topic. What does a book marketing coach do. And I want you to share a little bit about your day-to-day -day activities so we could set the foundation for the audience. That's, yes, that sounds great. That's a, a big question. So let me kind of back up and kind of give a, a detailed explanation. Uh, so with um, the massive amount of changes the publishing industry has gone through in the last decade or so, um, especially with the addition of self-publishing becoming so popular. Um, uh, all authors have suddenly become expected to wear multiple hats. You know, it's, it's we're no longer living in the day where, um, like those guys that I mentioned uh, in your rapid fire game, could just kind of go into the, a secluded cabin and write whatever they wanted and then send it out and somebody else would, would market it. Um, even, even a traditional publisher expects that authors will do some of the heavy lifting in terms of connecting with the audience, gaining visibility, uh, being available for interviews for publicity so that the book gains exposure. exposure. Um, and so with that, and in addition, even getting an agent is hard to do if you don't already have a platform. So all of this is um, all of this is marketing. And so what happens is there's all these people who have books or want to write books, but they don't know how to do the marketing piece. So enter me. I um, 
I have a online um, book marketing group. Um, so it functions very similar to like a Facebook group, um, but it's it's not on the Facebook platform. It's just on a separate platform. And I put in tutorials about kind of basic book marketing strategies, um, as well as tutorials and tips. Sometimes I have conversations with other experts that I bring in to help my audience, my members who are all authors, learn how to play the marketing game better. So unlike, um, unlike maybe what some authors wish, which is that either somebody who does this for them or somebody teaches them how to do just massive marketing, um, I actually have a minimalist approach where I believe, because I, um, I'm also a writer myself. Uh, I was a girl who read books growing up who wanted to be a writer someday. I know that art, the artist side of being a writer and I know what it takes to write a book. And so I know it's not fair to ask writers to be both the writer and the marketer. So I'm trying to give um, authors time to get more time to do the writing and, you know, doing what they have to do for the marketing without, without it turning into like a second career in marketing on top of being an author. So does that answer your question? Yes, it definitely answers my, uh, my question. So this is what, um, what I heard. So as a book marketing coach, you not only give the author the necessary tools, but you show them how to market based on the level of exposure that they're trying to reach and also giving them the idea the idea to really keep it unique to themselves so they're not really stretching beyond their comfort zone and doing something that's um, that's out of their zone of genius per se because marketing can come in various forms like some people market on social media some people are very driven by metrics which are now the seo the search engine optimization going out some people like to keep it personal so they could actually connect with their audience base and etc do you think that would be a good summary of what you just said emily that's a fantastic summary um, because there are so many marketing paths and part of what I have to help uh, an author choose is which path works for you or which hybrid and combination of paths work for you. Um, is, there's this assumption that, oh, I'm, Emily's a book marketing coach. She's going to teach me how to use social media. I can, but, uh, but I also, if you're passionate about, you know, partnering with your local independent bookstore, there's some great marketing opportunities there um, and great partnerships and great strategies. And so we can also, you know, or even just um, look at that too. So let's look at the difference between publishing through the traditional publishing house versus self-publishing, because I think the marketing between the two is different um, based on what some of the contracts are and the legalities whenever you're working with a publishing house versus whenever you're doing everything by yourself. So can you explain the difference between the two to put context around it and tell us what some of your experiences have been? Absolutely. So that's a great question. Um, if you are traditionally published and traditional publishing now is a huge umbrella, right? There's what we call the big five top publishers, you know, Penguin, Random House, Macmillan, giant names that people have heard of, but there's a bunch of small to mid-sized presses and they're still, they're still treating their authors with the same methods that the big five does, right? You have to get an agent, the agent 
shops your book around, somebody buys it, you know, one of the publishers buy it. So it's, it's all traditional. So even if you end up in a publishing contract with a small press, you are still a traditionally published author. But what marketing looks like for you based on the small press versus the big five is massively different. There are small presses that will not do any marketing and that's part of the deal. You get very little money and they expect you to do basically all of it. Um, and then there are, you know, again, the more major places and they expect you also to do some marketing, but they are going to put money behind your book, right? They are going to do all the advertising. You're never going to spend a dime on advertising your book because uh, they're going to do that and they own the rights to that. Um, in terms of what it looks like for you as a traditionally published author, communication with your editor and or whoever your point person is in the publishing house is really key. Obviously reading your contract before you sign it is really key uh, because it's gonna vary so much um, on what you do. And your success, especially if you're in this small to mid-size house, your success is based on the effort you put in. So those, the editors and publishers at those smaller presses, they want you to do a lot of marketing and they are counting on you to do a lot of marketing. So if you want to see your book succeed, if you want to see it stay in publication and not get pulled out of print because it didn't sell, it's all on you to hustle and talk to people and to connect with your audience. Um, with the bigger houses, um, they have, depending on, on your book, and how excited they are about your book, um, they have more money to throw at it. So even if you did very minimal marketing, you went and did a couple speaking gigs, you make sure to post on Instagram or Facebook or whatever your, your social media drug of choice is um, a couple times a week, but not like a whole lot, that might be enough for you. Um, I, in terms of my experience, I've had I've seen both, most of my authors are not published with something like the big five. If you have a, a publishing deal with a company that's that big, you don't need my services, right? You've got a whole team inside of that publishing house who's helping you with this. So my, um, my work with authors that are traditionally published are those ones that are in the small presses. Um, and they, in fact, tend to need me even more than, say, a self-published author would because the self-published authors kind of know what they're getting into. Um, those ones that wanted the traditional deal got the traditional deal, but got it at a smaller capacity than they were maybe hoping. They're the ones who are like, okay, now I need some guidance on how to keep, keep this ball rolling. Absolutely. And thank you for breaking down both of them, because I think it's um, so important to understand what route you're going on whenever you embark upon the author journey and then always doing your due diligence because I'm an author as well. So with my first book, I went through the traditional publishing route. And then I realized that whenever I had to do a lot of the marketing myself, then I went back to um, her and I negotiated the royal 
loyalty split because if I'm doing a lot of the work, I don't feel like you should be reaping all the benefits when I'm actually out here, you know, doing the um, hustle and bustle. And I think that's also important for authors to know is like, what are you getting into? And then once you've learned from your past mistakes or maybe some failures, always look for new ways to continue, continually build upon your marketing and strategies so you could get the reach that you want. If something is not working, don't just keep doing it because that's insanity. Switch it up and have fun with it. And I'd like to say your book is like your business card because your book is something tangible that you can hold on that you can hold on to. Business cards are now fading. People get a business card, they put it in their back pocket, it ends up getting thrown away or whatever the case may be. But your book could go on a bookshelf or it could be re-gifted to a person once that individual is done reading or et cetera. So just think about different creative ways there. And Emily, let's talk about some strategies because I'm sure the audience is like, oh, this sounds great. Well, what are some strategies so I can market better? Because there's so much stuff that's out there um, where they're inundated and people are like, oh, you have to have the right keywords for search engine optimizations. Mm -hmm. You have to go here. You have to go there. And we knew like, okay, with the pandemic, there was a lot of things that were closed down. So all those authors who had book signings lined up and, you know, speaking gigs and et cetera, it was at a standstill. But if you learn how to quickly pivot and move that into an online um, space and community, it definitely helped you transition there. But let's hear from an expert like yourself. <laughs> well, thank you. First of all, I have to say, I love the fact that you went back and renegotiated your contract because you realized you were doing more of the work. Like, you go, girl. Like, I have not actually heard of anybody who did that before. So I am very proud to be talking to somebody who actually did that and succeeded in doing that. That's incredible. Um, strategies. Okay, so there's this big question of, um, first of all, let me back up. Um, books are a saturated market right now, which means that there are a lot of them, right? Um, especially, again, because of self-publishing, but even before that, like a lot of people want to write a book. Now, that varies substantially based on genre. There are people who write poetry and collections of poetry. And then there, there are business people and entrepreneurs who are writing a book about like a piece of their expertise to then kind of pivot that book into sales for their business, right? I mean, they're very, very different uh, strategies, but they're all authors. Uh, so how do you stand out in a saturated market? Like there's so many books everywhere. You open up, you know, your internet browser, you go to Amazon, you go to uh, other places online to buy books, bookshop.org, et cetera. And, and there's just a lot to choose from. You even go into a bookstore, which book do you pick off the shelf? You go to the library, what in the world out of all of this do I wanna read today, right? So if you're an author, how do you make your book the one that people wanna choose when they might not even see your book? for all the other books standing you know, in front of them. Um, and so that's what it means to be in a saturated market. Like there's too much other stuff, it's too noisy. And so what you want to do is find a creative and clever way to be where there are less, where there's a little less competition, right? Still a big enough audience that there's enough people to buy your book, but not as many peers. Um, and so 
the internet became very successful for a while at, at selling books, right? You could use hashtags, you could use targeted advertising. Um, you, there's a lot of tricks and stuff that Amazon released in terms of doing Amazon ads and how to get your book right in front of the eyeballs of somebody who would like your book. Um, but then the big question becomes, what happens after every author has watched all the online training and tutorial videos for how to do Amazon ads? Now everybody's doing Amazon ads and including all of the authors also in your genre. So suddenly your book, that, that money you're spending and giving to Amazon is, is getting less profit. So what you want to do is you, you have to kind of read the writing on the wall and be like, this used to be a really useful strategy. It's no longer as useful. Where can I move to? Right. And, and ironically, um, some of that means going backwards, right? If everybody left the traditional way of doing marketing because the internet was so successful, that means the traditional method is wide open again. So you can partner with your local bookstore. Uh, you can talk to libraries. You can do all, you can, you know, think about your newspaper, your local newspaper in terms of getting featured or taking out an ad or something else. Um, that is not what you maybe would have thought of, but is certainly something to consider. Um, it still doesn't work for everybody. Um, you know, if, if you write a very niche book, taking an ad in your local newspaper that goes to everybody in your community, they might not all be your right audience. So it might not be perfect. Uh, but especially right now, there's actually a rise in... Um, in uh, purchases at independent bookstores. There's been this huge flux of uh, kind of response, probably post pandemic, we all saw that bookstores were hurting. Um, and so there's a huge rise of people who are actually buying books back at independent bookstores, which is fantastic. So how can you partner with them, right? How can you do events with them? Um, how can you recommend them to your audience? You know. Tell, tell your audience to be supporting their local bookstores. Um, all that is, is a method and a strategy uh, for, for finding your audience. Those are really cool strategies. What are um, some of your strategies as far as podcasting goes or sending um, some of the people that are within your network a um, copy of your book and you could kind of exchange books if if you know they're an author as well and review each other's books um, some of the other things that I've seen is having like a book club and just inviting some people who you know are going to read and maybe um, providing some hors d'oeuvres or something like that and kind of make it an intimate um, cozy feeling and I think some of those are kind of some key key things that are outside of the box that really gets you in front of the individual that's on the other end reading your book. Yeah, I think all of those things are great. Podcasts are one of my favorite methods that I tell my authors to go find for exposure. They're kind of the new big media right now. And there's so many of them out there that you can easily find ones that focus on your book's focus, uh, which I think is great. Uh, I actually find uh, podcasts and other forms of what is called earned media, which is just, you know, any, any media, any type of kind of typical mainstream media that features you that you didn't pay for. Somebody had to say, you know, to look at your pitch and be like, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I'll profile them. Uh, so that's earned. You didn't pay for it. So first of all, that's a, a great thing for you. You, there's no money going in. Um, 
but then also you are you you are um tapping into the audience of that podcast right that's how you find new people that is much more likely to be interested in you because they trust the podcast host and if they trust the podcast host they trust that he or she brought on a, an author worth worth talking to whereas if you take out an ad on say Facebook or Instagram and I'm not against taking out ads on that by the way I I do that a lot too but I just like to warn people that if I take out an ad on social media it is targeted it goes in front of people who might like my book but they've never heard of me before um, and so they don't trust me they don't know me they might like the post they might give me a follow they probably don't buy my book right away but if you go to a podcast that's earned media, they already the audience already trusts the host. So they're a little bit warmer to the idea of, of purchasing your book and also can hear more about your heart and your book and why you wrote it to understand more than a quick ad that comes through their social feed. Absolutely. And I always ask people, be thinking about what your ROI is, your return on investment, because if you're investing your time and energy in the wrong place, but you're not getting that return, 99.9% is you're not talking to the right audience. So know who your ideal avatar is. Who does this book cater for? Do they have that no like and trust factor with you? Are you standing out and in and showing them, okay, this is who I am outside of my book so they could connect with you on a personal level. And once they connect with you on a personal level, then they begin to feed into your community. Then once they feed into your community, over time, they will buy and support you and what you have to offer. Um, and it's not always easy, but I tell people, be your authentic self and don't try to be like another author out there because then your own vision becomes stale and stagnant because you're trying to assume the responsibility of somebody else when all you need to do is be yourself and the right people who like you will gravitate to you. Oh, exactly. I, I just second everything you just said. That is 100% true. And it's exactly what I stand for and try to teach people. And you know, we know that our books have a voice as a writer, right? We understand the concept of voice in our writing. Uh, we don't always realize that as authors, we have a unique voice. Um, and, and so for the same reason that we wouldn't write, you know, all of our books don't sound the same. You as an author don't want to sound the same as another author next to you who's writing something similar, right? You are unique. That's why people fall, are following you. They want to see that uniqueness uh, and they want, to, they want you to stand out. Absolutely. Now let's jump into our call to action part of the segment, Emily. And I want you to leave our audience with your call to action once they heard about the book marketing um, coaching aspect that you do, some of the strategies that we offer, and just helping them level up in their area, whether they're a novice in the author journey, they're intermediate or they're expert, because we can all learn. Because if you're not learning, you're not growing. Yes. So if you go to my website, which is emilyenger.com, you will see on my marketing page, I have, I have two things you can sign up for. I have a free newsletter or I have this online coaching program. Um, the newsletter, uh, with the newsletter, my, my lead magnet, basically, which is the free thing you get for signing up for my newsletter, is actually a call with me. 
So you get a complimentary 20 minutes to pick my brain, talk to me, whatever you want to talk about, no upselling. All I do is to thank you for signing up for my newsletter and for giving me space in your inbox. I would love to talk with you, even if all you want to do is vent about how much you hate marketing. That's fine. I'll talk to you for 20 minutes about that. So that's a great place to start to see if you like me, if you trust me, um, and then, you know, see the content that I put out. I, I do the newsletter once a month. It goes the first of every month because I'm, again, into kind of minimalist, not overcrowding your brain because you're trying to write. So I make sure to not bombard your inbox to the best of my ability. Um, if you would like to sign up for my coaching, uh, my coaching membership group, um, it is only $3 a month like one, two, three, like a cup of coffee. Like this is not an expensive program. I know that writers are, um, they're not wealthy. They're, they're trying, that's why they're trying to sell their book. They're like, I need to make money. Why isn't this selling? Um, and so it's, it's very, very cost-effective um, to just get some, some advice, some marketing basics. And what happens is you, you end up going into my platform. You can see the backlog of other posts I've done, video tutorials, just, um, uh, written posts. Um, and once you sign up, my program actually allows you to just kind of opt in by email. So there's not like another platform you have to check every morning to find the advice. When I make a post in my group, it emails directly to you and you can just read it in your email. You can reply to leave a comment directly from your email. Um, I'm, I'm very big about not giving people more chores because we all have enough of those these days. Absolutely. And wow, that is a very affordable rate. And I would actually say it's cheaper than the price of coffee, Emily. You know, you're not the first person who's told me that as I've <laughs> been interviewed. So Emily, how can they connect with you on social media? Plug um, where you primarily hang out. Instagram is where I hang out. So Emily Enger writes. Uh, my Instagram is a lot of my own personal writing and personal profile. I do pop some of my marketing and advice in there every once in a while when I have a big opportunity. Uh, but that's just where I like to hang out and get to know people before you, you know, you move over to my group where all the, the meat of the marketing advice is. But I would love to see you on my Instagram. Emily Enger, E-N-G-E-R, Emily Enger writes. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. You just heard our book marketing coach, Emily Anger. All of her contact information will be in the show notes down below. So scroll, scroll, scroll and read. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. We are on 40 plus platforms. You could also see all things video by heading on over to YouTube and typing at gems with genesis amaris kemp and i want to thank each one of you for tuning back in on a consistent basis because of you we are now ranked in the top 2.5 percent globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per www.listennotes.com so with that being said we are looking for brand sponsors so you can find more information by heading on over to genesisamariskemp.net, so my name.net, to find out more information on how you be can become a sponsor to continue the mission to educate, inspire, and motivate while we think about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because it takes all of us coming together to make this world a better place. So until next time, peace.
love and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing one. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.